Hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. This is the Fireside Chat. Comes to you every week. I haven't missed one. I'm very devoted. This is very important, and I'm devoted because I get great feedback. People are touched because they know it's real, and I love real. So anyway, it's the Fireside Chat. That's Otto. Otto is uh, one of the most famous dogs in America, and as I often tell you, because of his good upbringing in the Prager home, he is not at all cocky. It has not gone to his head. Nothing goes to his head. In fact, not much goes in his head. <laughs> now I'm going to get, I got to get all these letters that I insulted Otto. I didn't insult Otto, I rib him. You know, guys rib other guys, so I'm ribbing him. Right? Okay, is that clear? Anyway, I always begin with some thoughts, and then I take your questions. So, some thoughts. You know, I am a, a religious person. In my case, I'm a religious Jew. I believe uh, in the God of the Ten Commandments. I believe that the Ten Commandments are the vehicle to a good world. I believe that God wants us to be good. I believe that God judges people. And that's uh, the essence of what I believe. And it sustains me greatly. And I, I never ask, what can God do for me? I always ask, what does God want from me? But I am going to talk to you about something different, but re related to this subject. And that is how much religious people have alienated people from religion. This is a very important subject, obviously, and religious people need to hear this because it's their responsibility, my responsibility, to make the case for God and our, our religious tradition. How is it that religious people turn people off? You know, we tend to think that atheists, because they're pretty aggressive in our time, that they're the ones who were turning people away from religion. To a certain extent, that's true, obviously. But uh, it's religious people who are at least 50% responsible. I'll, I'll concentrate mostly on uh, Jewish and Christian religions uh, or Judeo-Christian religions, but I'll give you an example uh, from within Islam. I was having a, a dinner at an Australian restaurant in Sydney, and a very, uh, very pretty uh, young woman was the waitress for my wife and me. And I, I always ask people where they're from. She said she was from Iran. So I said, well, I'm just curious. Are you, uh, are you Muslim, Christian, or Jew? She said, none. I'm an atheist. Okay. I said, okay, what were you, what were you born into? said, Muslim. And I've had this uh, reaction very often. My theory is that the Iranian regime has produced more atheists in Iran than any group has ever produced in one generation anywhere. They have transformed a generation, not everyone, obviously, uh, but they have transformed a, a large number of young Iranians into atheists because they're a despicable religious regime. They're evil. And they're evil in the name of their God. They're evil in the name of their religion. So people assume if you're that evil, you put a woman in, in, in prison if she's not wearing the proper garb. Uh, if you put a man in prison because he has defended uh, freedom, 
uh, and torture them, uh, and you do this in the name, in your case, of Allah and Islam, uh, people aren't going to love uh, Allah and Islam. I mean, this is pretty basic stuff, right? If people did all this evil in the name of witchcraft, people would hate witchcraft. I mean, it just it it, it makes perfect sense. Now, let me give you a, a generic examples within the Jewish and Christian worlds. The greatest impediment to people taking God and religion seriously are two types of religious people, bad ones and unhappy ones. Bad religious people like in Iran, bad religious people. Uh, like the, the priests who molested boys. It was overwhelmingly boys, but obviously if they did it to girls, it's, it's evil. But uh, to be specific, that's what it was most of the time. Uh, these, these priests who molested uh, uh, young boys, uh, as priests, the, the harm they brought, not just to the child, which is the most obvious and sad, but to Catholicism. They, they did more damage to Catholicism than all the anti-Catholic Protestants uh, 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 manifestos in history, all the anti-Catholic or anti-religious manifestos of uh, of atheists. All right. Uh, one uh, another example uh, is uh, the 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 failure of Christianity uh, during World War II in Europe and specifically during the Holocaust. And uh, I am convinced that the secularization of Western Europe is in large measure a reaction. Uh, to uh, Christianity's failure at that time. Not every Christian failed. There are Christians who, who risked their lives to save Jews. God bless them. They are, they are the heroes of life. But I'm not even asking people to be heroes. The people just went along. And, you know, they're, and, and by the way, Christians are the first to note this. There are books by, by religious Christians about the failure of the churches, Protestant and Catholic. The bad religious person, I don't mean the non-saint. Religious people are flawed like all human beings. And it is completely unfair to say, oh, look, there's a religious person and he or she did X or Y, therefore religion is nonsense. That's not fair. I'm talking about evil, not weakness sins all right if you know a uh, if you know example I mean if you know a religious Jew or Christian uh, who uh, was unfaithful to his or her spouse that does not reflect on the religion that reflects on human weakness or a terrible marriage or whatever it might be so we have to be careful here but when there's real evil that does a terrible thing to God and religion. The other one is unhappy. Uh, the greatest advertisement for, for God and religion are good religious people and happy religious people. Happiness is infectious. Happiness, people love happy people. People want to be around happy people. Happy religious people are a credit to their religion unhappy religious people are a discredit to their religion. In fact, they do so much damage, <laughs> unhappy religious people, to their religion and to, to the name of God, that I, I actually have asked in print and, and in speeches, if you are religious and unhappy, get happy or at least act happy. And if you can't do that, stop acting religious. <laughs> you're, you're doing a disservice 
so uh, it's important to understand. It's, it's easy to blame militant atheists and the secularization of society, that, which, are, which are true. They're factors. But also big factors are religious people themselves. So if you carry the mantle of religiosity, do it as a nice person and as a happy person. Okie dokie, time for your questions. And we begin with a video question from Massachusetts. Hi, Dennis. This is Phoenix Glenn. I'm in Prager Forest. I go to Babson College. I'm 19 years old, and we are located in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Um, my question for you is, why do so many people paint the West as an evil and oppressive civilization? And why there's really no truth to that um, accusation either? Thank you. Well, thank you. That's uh, worthy of, of an entire, uh, and maybe we should do talk about the West, but why do people loathe the good? That's really, in my opinion, what the question is about, about the loathing of the West. The West, of course, had colonialism, imperialism, racism, slavery. I, we all know that, but you have, you have to understand something. Whatever flaws the West have had, every other civilization has had. They don't make the West unique. What makes the West unique are not its flaws, but its achievements. Where else was the liberty of the West achieved? Where else was the democracy of the West achieved? Where else was, was the art music and literature of the West achieved. And I know there's excellent art and music and literature elsewhere. I am. I, I understand that. But in, in Japan, they're reading Shakespeare and they're listening to Bach and Beethoven, whereas very few people outside of Japan are reading great Japanese novelists or listening to great Japanese music. Western greatness is universal and it is often greater why do people hate the better? Jealousy, resentment, because, and here's another reason, the West presents standards of excellence, and people who cannot measure up to them hate anything that represents measures of excellence. I was in a, uh, a preschool. I was there to, uh, to vote, and there were two uh, uh, paintings up. I, I give you my word, they were garbage. They were pure, undiluted garbage, meaningless, drivel, nonsense. Splotches of paint. That's all they were. They weren't even as, as good as the splotches of paint of Jackson Pollock. They were junk. And, and when I thought, this is what these kids in this preschool are seeing, they, there could be a Leonardo da Vinci up, there could be a, a Claude Monet up. And, and they're putting up splotches of nothing? The talentless hate the talented. The standardless hate those who excel in standards. It, you, you sound very uh, sophisticated when you crap on your own civilization. Uh, uh, I'm above the West. So uh, those are some of the reasons. 
Bed 19, Glasgow, Scotland. Dear Mr. Prager, one of my close friends that I met at a Jewish program this past summer has turned to nature worship. She lives in Los Angeles, which, as you know, is very far from Scotland. I know. As a Jew, I feel responsible to bring her back to God, but I do not know how I should go about it. Your advice would be greatly appreciated. Well, what not to do is to say to her, I want to bring you back to God. <laughs> That's not going to work, as I'm, I'm sure you, you understand. My one-on-one, in fact, not just one-on-one, my one-on-one on radio, which means one-on-one in front of millions of listeners, as it were, my, but my one-on-one modus operandi, mode of operation, is I have a motto. I prefer, I prefer clarity to agreement. So and don't, don't try to win an argument with her. Just ask her, say, I want to understand what it means to uh, worship nature. Do you worship cancer? And say, of course not. But cancer is part of nature. Do you worship tornadoes? Do you worship earthquakes? Do you worship Alzheimer's? Uh, I can't think of a stupider idea than worshiping nature. You don't say that to her. I'm saying it to you. <laughs> think about it. Uh, do, do, do you worship poisonous snakes? 50,000 people a year in the world get killed by snakes. It's a lousy way to die, I might add. You worship them? There's no, there's no morality in nature. Nature doesn't know good and evil. Humans know good and evil. How could she worship something that doesn't, that doesn't teach good? The rule of nature is completely amoral. The survival of the fittest. Would you apply that to humankind? Do you want the survival of the fittest to direct humanity? So then what you simply have is the, the strongest evil will simply destroy the, uh, the weakest good. Hey, that's natural. That's the way it is in nature. Is that what she worships too? It's so unthought through. It's such gobbledygook and it's so amoral. Nature, na- does nature build hospitals? People build hospitals. Say, well, but then, you know, nature doesn't, uh, doesn't torture. You're right. Human beings have done terrible evil. I agree with that. I'm talking about the goodness part. Nature does not teach goodness. Nature does not have a Ten Commandments. Do not steal, do not murder, etc. There are no commandments in nature except survive and eat the next fellow if you can. Nature worship. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, David, Columbia, Missouri, 21 years old. Hello, Dennis. I heard you for the first time during a conference last summer. I was truly impressed at your ability to orate your thoughts with such ease, clarity, and depth. I truly hope I can become as good a speaker as you one day. What are some tips you can share when giving a speech as well as overcoming the nerves? Well, nothing overcomes nerves better than doing well. (laughs) That gives you the confidence not to have a nervous reaction. So... What tips can I give? That's an interesting question. Well, uh, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you Prager's secret to all communication, whether the communication is music, literature, speeches, books, novels, history. Number one, 
Número uno, you must be relentlessly interesting. That's the most important. You must be interesting. How do you become interesting? Well, first of all, you have to be interested. Then you become interesting. But one of the ways is to say exactly what you intend to say. No more and no less. That is one of the reasons I write with almost no adjectives. If you read any of my books, you will see there are virtually no adverbs or adjectives. Adverbs describe verbs and adjectives describe nouns. I let the reader fill in generally and I write as bare bones as possible. Every time I read what I've written, I ask, how can I get rid of a sentence? How do I get rid of more words? And when I speak, the same thing. Am I being interesting? When I first, I, I began speaking at 21 years of age. Very odd life, I, I acknowledge. And I remember in one of my earliest speeches saying to myself, Dennis, you're boring me. <laughs> I said it to, during the speech to me. Now, I get bored very easily. That has been a blessing and has made me interesting because I would bore me. So you must be interesting. It's like people who say to me, I'd like to be a talk show host on the radio like you. How do I know if I could do it? And I have a very simple answer. Sit in a room alone, look at the four walls, talk for three hours and be interesting. If you can do that, you got the makings of a talk show host. You must be interesting. You must have something significant to say. What is it you want to say that is so important and make it clear this is what I want to say. Also, you should always use notes. Always. I do. I've given thousands of speeches. My notes are on the back of a business card. That's not a lot of notes, but I use notes because I don't want to forget an idea that I want to speak of, and I don't want to think the whole time, what is my next idea? I want to be able to say what I want to say about this idea and move on. So those are just a couple of items. But most of all, you got to have something important to say. Why are you taking people's time up with a speech? People's time is precious unless you have something important to say to them. Adrian, 21, London. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Adrian. I'm learning Spanish right now and soon will be on my way to intermediate. From watching so many of your videos, I'm aware that you're able to speak multiple languages. Is there any advice you could provide for language learning? Thanks. Yes, I do. Go to the country that speaks the language that you wish to learn. There is nothing that comes close to that. Six months in a Spanish-speaking country is more valuable than three years of college or high school study of Spanish. That's just the way it is. Makes perfect sense. Everything around you is in that language. Everything. So you're immersed in it. Then you'll learn it. Second uh, is a teacher. Uh, I, I think uh, there are some people who can learn a language, you know, from one of these internet programs or, or, or downloaded programs, more power to them. That's uh, not the way I could. 
I, I would want a teacher for any of the uh, any additional languages that I would want to study. But by far the best is to go to that place. Okay, Keegan, 13 years old, Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Mr. Prager. Hello, Keegan. First off, I would like to say how grateful I am that you do these chats. They make me happy and expand my knowledge. So thank you for doing this and say hi to Otto. Hi, Otto. I am soon going to be in high school where my Christian faith and conservative ideas will be greatly disapproved of in most public high schools. Are there any tips on how to handle the great increase in disapproval of my beliefs? Well, oh, also, I ordered a Trump hat, and I'm wondering if you think it would be a good idea to wear it at school. Thank you for all you do, and God bless you and your family. Thank you very much. Well, if you uh, wear a Trump hat at a at a regular school in the United States or Europe, uh, you will be vilified. I mean, there's just no question about it. You could wear a Che Guevara hat. You could wear a Mao hat. Mao slaughtered about 60 million people. You could wear a Mao hat and no one will make fun of you. But a Trump hat, you will be regarded as evil. It's sick. It's morally sick. There's no question. You don't have to love Trump. That's not the point, but uh, the, the, the obsessive hatred is, is, not, uh, is not rational, but uh, you will receive that. And with regard to your uh, Christian faith and conservative ideas, they will be disapproved of. So you have to learn how to be uh, uh, respected and even maybe liked and, and offer your ideas. It's very hard. You have to triple your efforts to be persuasive and successful. The nicer you are, and I don't mean obsequious nice, but I mean just a likable guy, an admirable guy, and yet you have these beliefs, you will undo a lot of their generalizations about people who are religious or Christian in in particular and conservative. I just want to remind you folks, all of the things we put out are free. It's only because people like you help us do it. We have over a billion views a year. We really do touch people with good things. Our messages are basically about goodness when you think about it. That's really what it's about. It's amazing that we're in any way regarded as uh, controversial. It's such a joke. It's, It's a wholesome good message that we have. So help us do it. Uh, go to a PragerU.com and donate in America. That's, that's a tax-deductible donation. We take donations anywhere in the world. Most of our donations come from the Internet. Not, not a bunch of super-duper rich people. By the way, I'm totally in love with the super-duper rich people who help us. I have nothing, no issue with that. But I'm just letting you know that at least half of our donations come from small donations through the internet. So, okay, everybody, I'm Dennis Prager, and I'll see you next week. Thanks. Thank you for watching this video. To help keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation.